Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A show where a nerd fits in. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Welcome to my world. As you know, I'm quite keen on comic books. Especially the ones about superheroes. You've changed things. Forever. There's no going back. See, to them, you're just a freak. Like me. And if you are a freak, you found the place to be. Also, geeks and nerds are all welcome to the Riley and Kimmy Show. Kimmy, I got one thing. Kimmy. She seems nice. You don't. That's right. The secret is out. I'm not the nice one, and she is the nice one. Thank you for checking out the Riley and Kimmy Show, episode 391. This one's full of all kinds of nerd stuff. You know what, Kimmy? We're going to talk about zombie. A zombie. Uh Uh-huh. In Florida. Ooh. A zombie in Florida coming up, plus uh, information about what can make your life a little bit easier on the social media type stuff, you know, how you can spread your word, something that's just uh, been released. We'll have that on the way. And uh, something you talked about on 390, a certain ad, we'll talk more about that coming up here on the Riley and Kimmy Show. This is the part where I'm supposed to do the whole intro thingy. Barry Allen, fastest man alive, but you know all that already. Yes, we do. And, you know, Kimmy, before the show, it's not really a secret if you've been following along with the Riley and Kimmy Show. Before Kimmy comes into the studio to record an episode, she takes a big dog nap. But before she took the dog nap, I made sure she watched the episode of The Flash, the latest episode of The Flash. And I'm kind of curious... Kimmy's time here, a mini review. Now, this is kind of a really an important review because she has no agenda. She She's not getting any money from anybody, anything, no perks to say, hey, really like this thing. This is just a nerd talking about a show. Kimmy, what, and, and you're not really that familiar with the mythology of The Flash. So you're coming in, like I would assume the masses are. There are all of us nerds. I mean, the comic book nerds that really know this stuff and love it. And, you know, you know, like we're watching it like we nitpick. But you're not that. This is what the show's really designed for is people like you. What did you think of this episode of The Flash? It was okay. Just okay? Mm-hmm. You, you, don't, you don't rate it higher than just okay? It's okay. Oh, I'm kind of sad with that one. Actually, I think it was probably one of the best uh, of it. It was less, less uh, that comedic. Uh, between the uh, the players, it was more serious tone to it. That's true. It was less mm-hmm. of a lightheartedness to it, and I like that a lot better. Now, certain uh, websites have uh, reviews already up. We have some of those right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. To give you an example, IGN.com has this. As I'm just going to do the verdict, and then if you want to read the whole thing, you can. Their verdict on the episode is another major Flash rogue made their debut this week, though the result was somewhat mixed, though Pied Piper had intensity and pathos to spare. He lacked the necessary dose of sympathy. This villain's most important function was to shine a light on the endlessly intriguing Dr. Wells. Mission accomplished on that part. The Wells material, along with a steady stream of character drama, proved to be the highlight this week. Mm-hmm. So you're still saying it was just okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kimmy, what can I, what can I do 
with you. I don't know. Anyway, further reviews available right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com, comicbook.com. By the way, uh, reports that executive producer Andrew Kreisberg, who has answered some burning questions about Flash, some of those you might have after this latest episode. Question, when will we find out what Harrison Wells in game what it is because he does make reference to that if you were paying attention Kimmy, before it was uh sleepy time he mentioned the end game mm, mm-hmm. and the answer is the end game will happen this season they're not going to milk this out for a long period of time i think they've kind of learned also with the arrow they're duplicating the arrow the arrow stuff you know they finish it up in one season they don't carry it really into the next if you'll notice okay you know death stroke thing one season you know and the early i mean they, they just don't keep it in from you know, going on to forever. Mm-hmm. So it's going to play out. Now, the end game will happen this season. Wells has a definitive plan. When you look back, you will see he has a definitive reason for doing all the things he has done throughout the season. We think it makes sense. Hopefully, you all will too. Other question Will Cisco really let Hartley go free in order to find Ronnie? Now, remember, that is mentioned at really close to the end mm-hmm. when Cisco goes and kind of taunts the Piper a little bit, right? And he's like, hey, I'm pretty confident you're going to let me out. You know, I'm, I'm going to be I'm gonna be running them up real soon. Well, Hartley is actually in the next episode. His threat that Cisco might let him out very soon, the repercussions of that will play out in the next episode. Okay. And in the upcoming episode, the question also revolves around this. Why is the Arrows Ray Palmer and Felicity going to Central City. Mm-hmm. Now, Ray needs a little help with his suit, and who better than Felicity's you know, friends at Star Labs to give him some help? And you will see the bug-eyed bandit, who just happens to be a big Adam villain, and that's going to be the villain in it. So that's something to check out. You know, a little crossover kind of there, you know, mm-hmm. Arrow and the Flash, and, and Kimmy's just like, yeah, so-so. But it was so nerd full of stuff. And by the way, we have some of the Easter eggs right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. This latest Flash episode for the hardcore Flash freak fan like myself, there was a lot of things in there. The recent episode of The Flash featured the first appearance of something that comic book fans have been waiting for since October, the reference to the Speed Force. Now, Kimmy's going to say, I have no idea what that is, which does not surprise me. And you should not really know what that is unless you've been reading the comic books over a period of time. Now, the Speed Force is an invisible omnipresent field in the DC universe, the energy field that grants all super speedsters their power. Several speedsters have merged with it, usually at the time of their deaths, including Barry Allen, oh, spoiler possibly, Johnny Quick, and Max Mercury. Now, for those with access to the speed force, they can have a large number of abilities from it, usually revolving around speed, including superhuman speed, superhuman endurance, increased perceptions, accelerated healing, decelerated aging, speed force aura, Supercharged brain activity, vortex creation, phasing, steel speed, and much more. It goes on. So it's a really cool, intense thing. Now, in the comics, one of the most reverse flashes, there are more than one, by the way. There's more than one. I've told you, we don't know which one really Harrison Wells is. Well, more than one of the reverse flashes have a direct connection to the speed force, but Hunter Zolomon, the reverse flash many speculate is the model for Harrison Wells, does not. Instead, he has a shifted relationship with time, which allows him to affect the appearance of super speed. So he's a little different. And that could be what we're dealing with here, maybe. Mm. 
maybe not with you know there was a reference there that his, his batteries needed to be recharged you know mm-hmm. yeah, he had some but you know beyond a doubt he is one of the reverse flashes now we don't know if he's a, you know the real bad reverse flash who knows no speculation there on my part i i do not know i don't know where they're going with that at all which makes me intrigued makes me want to see the next episode i definitely do now, i hope kimmy's not so 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 and she's actually like yeah i want to see that next episode Mm-hmm. Do you want to see that next episode, Kimmy? Yes. Yeah, all right, that's cool. Now, let's talk zombies. Zombies and Florida. Well, actually, a zombie. According to Yahoo News, a cat in Florida that was hit by a car and then buried is apparently back from the dead. Ooh. Quote, I was so shocked. I didn't know really what to do, unquote, owner Ellis Hudson told ABC News. Bart the cat had surgery at Humane Society to repair his jaw and remove his eye after this whole incident. Quote, we have seen many amazing cases at our full service veterinary clinic, but this situation may take the cake, unquote, the Humane Society of Tampa said on its website. The cat's owner, Hudson. 52, said he found Bart the cat two weeks ago in the middle of the road, lifeless, in a puddle of blood. Hudson said he asked his friend to help bury the 23-month-old cat because the landscaper was so distraught after losing a companion he'd had since he was a kid. We were so close, I couldn't stand to bury him, Hudson said. I put him on the shoulder of the road and went and got David. He dug a hole and covered up the cat with dirt. I witnessed him bury the cat. Five days later, the cat showed up in the neighbor's yard alive, but weak, dehydrated, in need of a medical attention. I opened the door and my neighbor's standing there with a cat in her hand, Hudson said. She said, Bart is not dead. I said, that's impossible. We buried Bart. (laughs) Bart has been treated for a broken jaw, open facial wounds, and a ruined eye. The Humane Society veterinarians expect him to recover and be able to return home after recovering and he'll be out after a few days. Hudson said he will pay for the surgery costs for the cat. The total cost for care of Bart, including the surgery and post-operative care, will be around $2,000, according to the Humane Society. Now, Hudson's neighbor, Dusty, started a GoFundMe page to raise money for the cat's medical expenses. Quote, I saw him in my own eyes. I know he was dead. He was cold and stiff. Unquote, the neighbor told ABC News. What do you make of that? Mm-hmm. What do you make? Of, what do you make of the Florida zombie cat? Hmm. Well, don't know. Well, you know, you and I have talked about you know before uh, that sometimes animals do get stunned. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe that was the case. Could be. You know, and you know, I although they said it was cold. That is that is kind of a really strange story. Mm-hmm. And ABC featured it. Also, Good Morning America had that, and we have a link to the whole thing. About the zombie cat in Florida, right on our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. And speaking of zombies, well, it's your chance to talk to somebody who's had experience dealing with zombies. I don't think he's really dealt with them in the real world. I'm not quite sure. Maybe he has. It is possible. But I know he dealt with them behind the camera. He ran from them. He helped defeat them. And that is Blue Temple from The Walking Dead. And we know where Lou Temple is going to be. To Matter of fact, Lou Temple is going to be somewhere where you can actually talk to him. Whatever question you have about The Walking Dead, hey, Lou Temple could possibly answer it. At least he'll give it a try. And you get a chance to meet somebody from The Walking Dead, and you'll be able to say, hey, I've met somebody from The Walking Dead. And where can somebody meet Lou Temple at? 
At Retro-Rama, Retro-Rama. Pop Culture Collectible Show in Jacksonville. That's coming up real soon, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. On Sunday, February 8th. So we're getting real close. And that'll be at the Ramada Conference Center on Hartley Road in Jacksonville. Nice. And I know there's some other individuals, some horror actresses that will be there. Who do we have? Yes. Hammer Horror Queens, Veronica Carlson and Susanna Lee. Wow. Now, that'll be nice. I know they'll be able to tell you about the, uh, well, I consider maybe someone not the golden age of horror films back in the days of the 50s and 60s with Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. They will be at this big event, Retro Rama Collectibles Pop Culture Show, and some other celebrities as well, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Arch Hall Jr. will also be there. And others, too. Oz. Oz? (laughs) That's just a fairy tale. It's best left on the bookshelves where it belongs. Well, no, no, it's not. You're supposed to talk about Oz. And if you'd like to talk about Oz, you can. And you can meet somebody who's really versed in the world of Oz. That's Ron Baxley Jr., an author of 23 years. And he has published a Oz. Well, he's, he's a published Oz author, be the best way to put it, for 16 years since an early edition of his Talking City of Oz and tons of material like the Evil Emerald Village of Oz, science fiction books, and many Oz Wonderland books that he has done. We have a link to all his works right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com, and you can meet him, and you can meet him at the Retro-Rama Pop Culture event happening February 8th, a Sunday. And by the way, if you like to win things, who Mm -hmm. doesn't? Uh As uh part of new events that are scheduled for the February 8th Retro-Rama Collectible Show, Mickey Copa of Live Prize Trivia of Jacksonville will be hosting something they like to call the Great Pop Culture Trivia Showdown. Now test your geek knowledge against your peers in a no-holds-barred trivia tournament. Winners will receive $150 in prizes, so bring your skills to the table and may the best nerd win. So you know what? Carpool. Grab people to make yourself, you know, that much better. You know, admit what your weaknesses are and say, hey, I know somebody that's really good in certain TV shows and comic books and things like that. Well, get that person with you and get the next person who's better at something else. And, and then, hey, you work it as a team and then split up the winnings. That's the way I'd say do it. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. Now, what's better than a VIP admission to the Retrorama Collectible Show on Sunday, February 8th? How about a VIP admission at up to 54% off? You heard right. Order through Groupon and you can save big. You will also get into the show one hour early at 9 a.m. That way you can start hunting. That's what I like to call it. But if you prefer, you can start picking before everybody else. You can find all the nice nerd geek stuff mm-hmm. right there. So if you'd like to find out more details about that, links right to Retrorama. You can go right to our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. All right, Kimmy, let's just test you here and your nerd nerd time test. Ready? Tell me the name of the movie. Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's right. Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, there's been an announcement of a possibility of somebody playing the role that Harrison Ford made famous of Indiana Jones. And the announcement, according to IGN and others, is Chris Pratt is a person who is up for the role. Yeah, the guy who played Star-Lord. You might know him from a little movie called Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, while details are scarce and is reportedly very early in the process, Deadline reports that the studio is considering Pratt to play the iconic Harrison Ford character in the brand new franchise. Now, Latino Review had reported last spring that an indie reboot was a possibility at the studio and that Bradley Cooper was one of the names at the top of the list. 
Of course, that was before Guardians opened and made Pratt a bonafide movie star. Latino Review also tweeted that Disney is considering a 2018 to 2019 time frame for the Indiana Jones reboot. Pratt starts shooting The Magnificent Seven, a remake, with Denzel Washington in April, and he's, of course, in Jurassic World, which is coming out in June. Now, Kimmy, what do you think about him being Indiana Jones? Hmm, I don't know. I, what about Bradley Cooper as Indiana Jones? Mm, I like that. Now, see, I don't know about Pratt here. I think, number one, the reason he's really the person they're looking at, no, I'm going to upset somebody, is basically bankability. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, big star, because of Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, they're just going to throw somebody in there who can, big name right now, a lot of heat, mm -hmm. means movie ticket sales. But I don't know if that's the best choice. I really don't. Yeah. And I don't see him gritty enough for, no. you know, uh, uh, and, you know, he's great at comedic stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what Star-Lord kind of was with that. You know, I mean, he's, he was perfect for that. Mm -hmm. You know, fantastic for that. But I don't, and I don't want to see Indiana Jones go more comedic. No. Done in that. You know, I, I, mm -hmm. I don't want to see that. Mm -hmm. And actually, I like Harrison Ford better as Indiana Jones than as Han Solo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, you know, that's just me there. But I do. I just, I prefer him better in that role. I just think he executed it better. He, he owned it, you know. Yeah. They and, need somebody really strong for that and maybe an unknown possibly you know and they but the studio might say well we can't do that because if we put the unknown in there eh, we won't have that many movie goers in comparison that might be you know the rationale to that but i i i'm, I'm not sold on chris pratt i'm but no. i'm not negative on it i would still go see it mm -hmm. i would lean more bradley cooper yeah I that's think. that intrigues me is there anybody else nobody i can think of off the top of my head no Really? What about Idris Elba? Ooh. Why couldn't he be Indiana Jones? They've been talking about him with J as James Bond. Why couldn't he be Indiana Jones? Hmm. Why? why? I, I see no reason that he couldn't be. Hmm. That's just, that's the one I would throw out. That's wow. one that came out to me. Because couldn't you see Idris as a uh, university professor of archaeology? Oh, yeah. And... Oh, yeah. And, and not do the, you know, don't try to reboot the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark the way it was. I mean, have another adventure or anything, mm -hmm. you know, and just, I, I, or just, you know, you, st you, I don't know. I mean, maybe they, they won't do that. I don't, I just, I'd like to see him as the, as the, the you know, the, the professor who has these adventures mm -hmm. and that. And, you I know, I do like Idris Elba. Yeah. I just kind of, I kind of, you know, do not choose Johnny Depp. That's all I have to say. Oh. <laughs> Please. That'll be the, the movie, the movie will be cursed then. What position are you interested in? I mean, are you going out for the line or the backfield? Football? Certainly. You're a little bandy-legged and stumpy, but so was old Red Granite. <laughs> you ever played the game before? Uh, just in the backfield at high school for six or seven years. Yeah, that's right. Just for six, <laughs> seven years. Yeah, yeah. In high school. Uh, that's right. Well, yeah. you know, football's just around the corner. And just uh, on our other episode, 390, Kimmy was talking about a certain Snickers ad featuring Danny Trejo mm -hmm. as Marsha Brady. I took a look at that ad. And uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's twisted. That's all I, that's <laughs> all I just have to say with that. Now, what we have on our website is all of those ads. The known ads, let's mm. put it that way, that are in the Super Bowl. From the sexiest cheeseburger you've ever seen to a flashback of Katie Couric and Bryant Gumbel trying to decode the internet. And of course, Marsha Brady, Danny Trejo, mm -hmm. uh, one of the same. 
it's kind of scary. Mm. <laughs> and we have all of those, but we, of course we do not have the movie trailers. There's only one that is official in that, and uh, we don't have that one. But we have all the other ones, all the other product things. And if you want to check that out, you can find those right on our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. Now let's move over to the internet. Some really good news here, especially if uh, you, you like to, uh, you know, be social, that is. Variety is reporting Twitter's upgrading its mobile apps to let users capture, edit, and post videos up to 30 seconds in length. Now, as the social service looks to keep pace with rival Facebook as well as offer an alternative to YouTube for brief clips. Neil Patrick Harris, who is hosting the 87th Academy Awards next month, used a 30-second Twitter video on Tuesday to announce the songwriting team from Disney's Frozen. Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez will be participating in the show. Now, Twitter said it would roll out the video feature out to all users in the coming days. And unlike videos posted to Facebook, users' shared clips on Twitter will not automatically play in someone's field. By the way, there is a setting you can do on a Facebook thing so it doesn't do that, Mm. which I use. You know, I have set that so, you know, hey, if you're a friend of mine, you just post away. You're not going to irritate me. You can just find it in settings. You know, it's. You get, it's quite a few clicks, but it is there. It's easy to find. It's sort of. <laughs> it's sort of easy. I'm a nerd, so it's easy for me, but maybe not for everybody else. Now, in addition to being able to capture and edit videos using Twitter's apps for Android, the iPhone version will also let users upload videos from the camera roll, a feature expected to be available on Twitter's Android app very soon. And also Tuesday, Twitter announced the addition of a feature that will let users send direct messages to multiple participants, allowing for private group conversations on the service. Now, I love Twitter. We utilize Twitter. Matter of fact, we're on multiple social media outlets, but Twitter is probably my favorite. And if you, you know, follow us on Twitter, we follow you back. Matter of fact, on any of the social medias, we do follow you back. Just uh, go right to our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com, and right there, you know, is all the social media links. Right, mm-hmm. Kimmy? Yes. And what's that website again, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com. That's right. Now, speaking of football, because we did, you know, talk about the Super Bowl ads and, you know, had Fred Flintstone also getting us into football Mm -hmm. a little bit. uh, I thought it'd be kind of nice, sort of like a preliminary to the big game, a little bit of comedy tied to that. A little throwback in time, if you will, here. Pre-throwback Thursday. Pre, well, actually, hey, you know what? This is actually a way back Wednesday moment. How's that? Okay. We have flashback Fridays. Uh-huh. We have Throwback Thursdays, and now the Riley and Kimmy Show introduces Way Back Wednesday. We're going back to 1953, Kimmy, to Andy Griffith, way before the Andy Griffith Show. And in an era, in a time period, which he was known for, he did comedy albums. And he's a, he was so talented. I wish people would know him beyond the Andy Griffith Show. Face in a crowd. Hey, if you've never seen that classic movie, see that, because you will see Andy Griffith's total, not total, but a wide range, something that will take you beyond, you know, playing Andy Taylor. You mm-hmm. get to see his musical capability or ability. You get to see his acting. Oh, he's so powerful. He's funny, and yet he's creepy, and he's menacing, all combined in that classic movie. But right around that time period, he released some comedy material, and one of the things revolved around football. And I grew up with this, starting in broadcasting at a very early age, and it's been a near and dear treasure to me forever. So I thought we'd, we'd play this now and share it to everybody. I mean, you might not even like football. It's great. That's fine. This is funny. Because what it is, is an individual describing football for the very 
first time, and they don't know what football really is. So kind of think Gomer Pyle seeing a football game for the very first time, and that is what you'll get. From 1953, here's Andy Griffith. It was back last October, I believe it was. We are going to hold a tent service off at this college town, and we got there about dinner time on Saturday. And uh, different ones of us thought that we ought to get us a mouthful to eat before that we set up the tent. And so we got off of the truck and followed this little bunch of people through this small little bitty patch of woods there. And we come up on a big sign. It says, get something to eat here. And uh, I went up and got me two hot dogs and a big orange drink. And before that I could take every mouthful of that food, this whole raft of people come up around me and got me to where I couldn't eat nothing, up like, and I dropped my big orange drink. I did. Well, friends, they commenced to move, and they want so much that I could do but move with them. Well, we commenced to go through all kinds of doors and gates, and I don't know what all, and I looked up over one of them, and it says, North Gate. And we kept on going through there, and pretty soon we come up on a young boy, and he says, Ticket, please. And I says, Friend, I don't have a ticket. I don't even know where it is that I'm going. I did. Well, he says, Come out as quick as you can. And I says, I'll do her. I'll turn right around the first chance I get. <laughs> well, we kept on a moving through there, and pretty soon everybody got where it was that they was a-going because they parted, and I could see pretty good. I, I, I could. And what I seen was this whole raft of people a-setting on these two banks and a-looking at one another across this pretty little green cow pasture. <laughs> Well, there was, and somebody had tucked and drawed white lines all over it and drove posties in it, and I don't know what all, and I looked down there, and I seen five or six convicts a-running up and down and a-blowing whistles. There was, and then I looked down there, and I seen these pretty girls a-wearing these little bitty short dresses and a-dancing around, and so I sat down and thought I'd see what it was that was going to happen. I did. And about the time I got set down good, I looked down there and I seen 30 or 40 men come running out of one end of a great big outhouse down there. <laughs> they did. And everybody where I was a setting got up and hollered. And about that time, 30 or 40 come running out of the other end of that outhouse and the other bank full, they got up and hollered. And I asked this fellow that was besetting beside of me, I says, friend, what is it that they're hollering for? Well, he whopped me on the back and he says, buddy, have a drink. <laughs> well, I says, I believe I will have another big orange. <laughs> and I got it and sat back down. And when I got down there again, I seen that them men had got in two little bitty bunches down there. They had rail close together. And they voted. <laughs> they did. They voted and elected one man apiece. And them two men come out in the middle of that cow pasture and shook hands like they hadn't seen one another in a long time. And then a convict come over to where they was a standing, and he took out a quarter, and they come in to odd man right there. <laughs>
They did. Well, after a while, I seen what it was that there's odd man in for. It was that both bunches full of them men wanted this funny-looking little pumpkin to play with. They did, and I know, friends, that they couldn't eat it because they kicked it the whole evening and it never busted. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, what I was telling was that both bunches full wanted that thing, and one bunch got it, and it made the other bunch just as mad as they could be, and friends, I seen that evening the awfulest fight that I have ever seen <laughs> in my life. I did. They would run at one another and kick one another and throw one another down and stomp on one another and grind their feet in one another and I don't know what all. And just as fast as one of them would get hurt, they'd tote him off and run another on. <laughs> well, they'd done that as long as I sat there. But pretty soon, this boy that had said, ticket please, he come up to me and he says, friends, you're going to have to leave because it is that you don't have a ticket. And I says, well, all right. And I got up and left. And I don't know, friends, to this day what it was that there's a doing down there, but I have studied about it. And I think that it's some kindly of a contest where they see which bunch full of them men can take that pumpkin and run from one end of that cow pasture to the other without either getting knocked down or stepping in something. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.